Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Fireside, a weekly podcast in which I... <laughs> fuck, sorry. Hell. What the <laughs> fuck was that? That was class, my friend. Cue music. <laughs> 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 Hey guys, welcome to Fireside, a Podbros exclusive podcast that is not that exclusive actually, because we're also on <laughs> iTunes and you can go and get our RSS feed and direct download the episode. But network-wise, we are on the Podbros network, which is a, um, a really, jokes aside, it is actually a really good network. I strongly recommend going over there. Lots of, um, lots of decent and mixed podcasts on there. Very good. Interesting topics. Anyway. Enough seriousness. Mm. Back to double D's. On to welcome to your next dose of double D's. Yes, because I'm joined once again by Mr. Dan Lehman. Q cheering. Hey. Hey. Get that fucker off. Hi everyone. Who was that guy? I don't know. Get out. <laughs> Security. God damn. Hecklers. <laughs> Hello again. G'day? Again. <laughs> You're over at my house again. Oh, We've got beers again. We've been playing def- games yeah. again. Feels like I've never left. I know. Yeah. I know. What did we talk about last time? I'm trying to remember. Oh, well, we're going to talk about um, the Five Tribes. Five Tribes, absolutely. Because we played it because it was made by Days of Wonder, <laughs> and I'm like, this game is really good. Yep, straight into it. That was, yeah, hands down, loved it, and it just was totally a game I would expect Days of Wonder have released. It just, mm. it felt as good as um, uh, Small World and Ticket to Ride. Ride. And, just so well put together. Yeah. Right down to the quality, you know, the meeples and the cards and everything. The cards were just like the tickets from Ticket to Ride. Everything was just Scream Days of Wonder and the mechanics of it was just fantastic. Mm. The um, the thing that, that struck me, though, um, was being a newbie to the game at the time. I think Crystal and I hadn't played it before. Had Amelia played it before? Yeah, Amelia's played it with she's, me before. Seemed to know, I, she seemed I to know what was going on. To get, every time I see someone, I play games with someone... And I see that they like yep. decent strategic games where you're adding up a shitload of numbers at the end. I try to get them to play Five Tribes because yeah. I really like it, but it's not everyone's cup of tea no, at the same time. No. Um, like and my I'll, friend Caroline, she yep. hates, what was it, Castles of Burgundy, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which I didn't play, but it has a lot of adding up at the end. She yeah, so she and I played that with uh, Nell and Rance. Yeah. And I, I, I love Castles of Burgundy, by yeah. the way. It, it was your typical Ravensburger complex game, but yep. it was still a good game. <laughs> but um, look, Five Tribes, fantastic. But coming at it from a newbie's angle at the time, um, I was immediately at a disadvantage because I didn't really think beyond, oh, well, I think I figured out a move. Ah, oh, fuck, Dave just did it. <laughs> no. uh, I mean, that's where the bidding comes into play. True, very true. Yeah. Um, and, and I caught on to that a little bit late in the game. but And... and so did Crystal, the other newbie at the table. Mm. We both figured that out pretty quick, um, you know, within the first sort of three or four rounds. Um, and again, that was, you know, I so think what like is we it, said... late in the game or pretty quick? You well, just said two things. Later in the game side. is what I meant to say, not, not straight away, later no in the game. No more beers for you. Oh, God. Well, there's only one left. Um, but like, like we were saying that uh, um, uh, Seven Wonders last episode we were together, um, that, what was I saying? You just completely fucked me up then. I don't know. Can do it late in the game. I think the route you were going 
was that it's not until the end of the game that you realise what strategies no, pay No, what out I was going to say was, actually that's right, what I was going to say was just like in Seven Wonders, the scoring by the end was a lot closer than I than oh, I'd expected yeah. it to be. And, mm. and, and that game of, of uh, Five Tribes was very close. Yeah. Like there was, I don't think there was much more than 10 or 15 points between the lowest and the highest and we're all above 120. Yeah. Or around the 120 mark. So, and I won, yeah, didn't I? I think you did. And you just yeah. squeaked it in by about six points. But the thing is, right, so I normally... In, in Five Tribes, I've always got a strategy. Mm. If the cards come up... So it's, it's a game with all sorts of stuff. Um, you bid... So you've got money. You start out with 50 coins. And coins are worth a point each. Yep. And you bid for turn order. So you're spending your end score to say, I want to go first because I've got this move lined up. It's a shared common modular board, so turn order is actually important. Yeah. And during the course of the game, you're claiming tiles, which gives you points, and you're getting points on the go. You're claiming you're, meeples along the way. Yep, meeples, yep. which give you points. You're, you're doing set collecting. There's all sorts of things that all combine together at the end to make for, a, make for your final score. And it's, it's, as you said, usually pretty balanced. But my yeah. normal go-to is the set collection. Yeah, and you said, you said that when we played. Yeah. yeah, because if you collect a set of nine, it's worth 60 points. Yeah. And you can dominate a game with that. Think about it. That's that's half. That's pretty much half of the lowest score that we made in that yeah. game. That's so what if, I mean. I've, you I've won set many times. Cards, with, yeah. But I didn't have that opportunity. And I, all through the game, every strategy I tried to do, I didn't have the most of this type of meeple. I didn't yeah. have this. I didn't have that. I got to the end and I'm like, oh, man. I, they're gonna they're gonna laugh because I've taught them about this game I love and then I've just totally sucked at it. But as it turns out, I claimed the most tiles and yeah. I managed to claim a few worth ten, I'm, fifteen, and, twelve and points. And I was just completely face palming because I didn't put my tent on that face palming. Get it? Because it's palm trees. Oh, very good. But I didn't when I claimed that tile worth oh. ten and I didn't put the fucking tent on it. Um, the tents aren't the worth that much extra. So that, no, but it would have added. It would have added. And given that it was only yeah. about. I think it was only about four points between me and I think it was Crystal, yeah. um, and there was only about six points between you and Amelia. Amelia, I think. yeah. It was just so so close. Well, it depends if it was my adding up or yours. Didn't you find I was two off? Oh yeah, I but still won. It, but... It, 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 yeah, it had no <laughs> made no difference to the outcome, but um, yeah, there wasn't a lot in it. <laughs> but it was still surprising. I was yeah. genuinely surprised. Mm. I thought I would be last by about twenty minutes. Yeah, and I won by about. Four to six points. And I was like, "Wow, it's yeah, it's that thing." And and I love that, but that almost more so than a full game of Seven Wonders. I feel like you've got a lot of control. Like I feel you've got more control in Five Tribes than you do for the others because yep. there's that whole, "Oh, there's a really good move that'll let me sixteen points." All yep. right, I'll bid eight coins. To take that, which you think, oh, well, I get 16 points. Well, no, you still would lose your eight coins. Your net, yeah. net profit there is eight, eight, points. eight things. Yep. But near the end of the game, uh, you're can taking the, the moves that you can get because you want the other people to get nothing. It's... Yeah, and it depends too because there's certain things that you'll collect along the way that won't necessarily immediately mean points to you. But if you play it right, where, like you said, you know, if you're amassing more of those unique cards in the set, the resource cards, mm. or if you somehow managed to collect, you know, I think it was the most yellow meeples and you get the 10-point yeah, bonus 10 for points. that. I think there was a, um, with the expansion, the Artisans and the Quala, you got mm. one point per purple meeple in front of you. If you had the most, you got three points per purple meeple. 
Because yes. Amelia so that was the put, yeah, oh yeah, she, yeah. yeah. So that was that one, and then there was the yellows, one point per yellow maple, and the most got an extra ten points on top. So you know, you might, it might not be apparent at the time, but suddenly you look down, and you go, "Holy shit, I'm, I'm approaching the halfway mark on that particular colour um, of maple." So it's now worth actually building a, a uh, an intermediate strategy of collecting enough to go past the halfway mark and assure myself that those extra points or in the case of Amelia she assured herself that she would get the three points per purple Merson so I think um, what I you know that's what I like the most it was that unexpectedness when it came to the scoring at the end I, I do like games that leave a bit of uncertainty until you get to the very end yeah I don't like I a like game where strategy at the same time. yeah exactly so I don't like a game where you um, where you can plan your strategy and if you re- okay take Machi Koro I'll give you a perfect example. Machi Koro, the base game, um, you can very quickly get onto your, your favourite strategy or two and, and you you know within five rounds if you manage to amass enough of those, mm. those um, establishments, especially the ones that compound on each other, all you, you know it's just going to take three lucky fucking rolls and I'm, I'm sweeping and the ball clean. Um, so I like the uncertainty of the outcome with five tribes but the strategy that still gets you there. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, highly it's, attractive. It's still always... Yeah. Well, here you go. I've just grabbed the um, the score pad. So for coins, Amelia got 24 points, Crystal got 25, you had 42, <laughs> and I had 8. <laughs> I had a metric arsload of fucking coins. And then for Yellow just like Meeples... In, just like in Seven Wonders. <laughs> here you go. Um, uh, 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 yellow Meeples, 15 for Amelia, none for Crystal, 17 for you, 2 for me. Purple Maples, 24 points for Amelia. None for you, none for Crystal. Six for me. Keep going down until you get to the Camels. And then it was 16 for Amelia, 19 for Crystal, 36 for you, and 68 for me. There you go. And the end scores, if anyone's interested, Crystal came last with 84. Oh, was she that? I thought she, she was, was much below, closer. Actually, oh, yeah. right, okay. Sorry, Crystal, we've just publicly yeah. shamed you. Dan was 116. <laughs> Amelia was 124, and I was 128. There you go, yeah. So, so between was, us... Uh, it was the top three where we were within, you know, sort of 12 points. 12 points of yeah. each other, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> but, I mean, you didn't know it until the end. You can, yeah. And I lo- like, sometimes I hate that in a game. Like, I hate it in Catan, right? Yeah. I hate the uncertainty of not knowing where you stand because... But I guess that's a, I win, cool, end of game, and then bang, it's done. Whereas this, you've got that tension of adding everything up. Yeah, and I don't know. For me, half the fun is the strategy, or more than half the fun is the strategy of playing the game. Mm. To be honest, I but didn't... it's so much fun, I isn't didn't it? Mind that I didn't mind that I did I don't care and... that I don't win. I, I yeah. just, I, all I care is that I had fun getting there. And... and Five drives and other one of those games, the, the fun was actually getting there, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's so. Uh... It's not a game for people who want to be able to crow over all the others because it's not a game where you're obviously going to win every single time. But it's also a very specific. It's a game suited to a specific audience. Mm. Like, Kirsty doesn't mind it, but she doesn't love it. She's the same with Small World. But Ticket a Ride? Yep. Get her to stop playing. That's oh, the hard part. You a, know yeah, I mean? So, you know, perfect example at home. We all love Ticket to Ride at home. Chris and I have been playing uh, Small World as well, mm. just the two-player variant, and um, the girls have been watching us, but they don't yet say, oh, well, maybe we'll just play more Ticket to Ride. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting. So Different Chris, strategy, right? Yeah, it is. thinking and playing. It is. So. And maybe it just says more about Chris and I that we like the, you know, a game that lets us attack each other's territories. Well, you um, remember the first time I taught you Ticket to Ride? Remember the seven six year old at the time that won the game? Oh, um, Aiden. 
Aiden, Simon's son? Yep. Yeah, Simon's son, yeah. No, he's, he's a real small No, that was Small World, not Ticket to Ride. Small World. Didn't I say Small World? No, you said Ticket to Ride. But uh, I, I meant Small World. Yeah, he smashed us. This Aiden what smashed I mean, us. That's what I say. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he smashed us. Yeah. He, he, he has obviously has the right mind for that, but yeah. he enjoys those sorts of games. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. exactly it's funny because said. we've gone from five tribes, we've gone to two other days of Wonder Games straight away. It's interesting we that we draw those that parallels game. because yeah. it says a lot about that publisher, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then you move on to it. another favourite of ours, which is Splendor. But oh see, that's published by Space Cowboys. Yeah. But the app is a Days of Wonder app. I think Days of Wonder now publish it. Right. But they didn't start it. Mind you, look, that's often the case. Mattel didn't start out publishing Blockers. They purchased yep. that from someone else. They so someone else did it. Well, they didn't make it better. They didn't change it. Just no, no. Just they made the, the, the packaging better, the plastic extrusion, the whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's going to be really interesting going forward, actually, back to developing games, which we discussed at the end of last episode. Mm. Um, on that last episode, when I mentioned playing Castle Panic with Glenn, yep. Glenn's got a 3D printer. Yes. And he yeah. printed these plastic castle parts. I never say castle, and now I've said it. Each time I've talked about it, I don't know. Um, anyway, he's read um, the parts he's done for Katan. The reason, oh no, and, well, some resource bits for Katan, yeah, for Katan as yep. well. So the the little uh, hexes, yep. he's made plastic ones of them, and they've all got this raised blah blah blah. Which, to be honest, they look all right, but yeah, probably not for me in that regard. But bottom line is, it'll be interesting going forward seeing how easy it is for people to produce their own 3D prototypes, yeah. how much that's going to have an effect. Because all of a sudden, a prototype of Blockus, which was previously, who the hell can afford plastic moulds and, yep, yep, and, and right. casting? Well, what do you call it for plastic? It's not casting, is it? Yeah. Still casting? Cast Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, mold. Yeah. Casting yeah, and moulds. And casting and moulds. Making yeah. plastic things. Yep. Yeah, it's now within reach of... Everyone, yeah, you know what I mean. It's going to be interesting True. seeing how they, uh, you know, when you when you got and this is not an advertorial for them, so I won't use their name. But when you've got a, a cheap, uh, you know, certain German owned supermarket chain selling friggin' three D printers for a few hundred bucks when they put them out there, yeah, Jesus, you know, that's it's within reach of anyone. But that one that he got from a certain German owned supermarket saying, chain, I don't know, because we're not advertising for them. Are we? Oh, fuck it. He got it from Aldi. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that one that he got from Aldi is... Yeah. Like, sure, it takes... What did he say? 30 hours to do eight rooks... Uh, eight pawns for chess. Uh, yeah, it depends but, It depends on the... Because you can go down to like 0.2 of a millimetre yeah. or half a millimetre in, in, in definition of 3D yeah. printing. Yeah. But they're decent quality. And yeah. let's face it, if you're only doing stuff for you, you will just kick it off and you'll... Go, yeah, fine. I'll come. Well, I won't because I've got kids and there's no way I can leave anything stationary for more than no. about an hour. Would you be able to leave the printer on top of a fridge? Oh, I don't know. When you, one of your kids gets there too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, That's an in-joke about my little, uh, my little idiot that climbs fridges, pulls glass shelves out, falls down, smashes, cries, and then five minutes but later is back up there. It's again. interesting because we've had conversations about guys that, uh, that take things to Kickstarter, for instance, and, and the whole idea there is that you know, they're trying to get the funds together to go from prototype to, to first run. Yeah. Um, but where do you get the money to go to get the prototype done, the prototyping done? The level there was of prototype some, you need some, nowadays is too high. The yeah, bar well, that's is, just the it. Bar is... So does 3D printing potentially lower that bar again? No. I was speaking with Dylan Shearer, who did um, Tavern fame. Yep. Right? And one of the things Ben mentions in his, re 
preview of Tavern Fame was that it came in... Right, it was one of those um, little clip seal boxes from like Safeway or Kmart or yep. something. But he'd printed stickers and stuck them on the box. And he had Cheswick dice in there. And he had laminated printed cards. It was a... He commented, Ben commented and said, this is a really nice prototype. It yep. really gives me a feel for what the game is. And Dylan said, for the next game they go to Kickstarter, he has to do better than that. It has yeah. to be finished quality product yeah. before you go to Kickstarter or people just look at it and go... Because people look at it and go, well, if I back that, am I going to get it? It doesn't even look finished. And I did a quick check. I've backed, I think, about 20. I've got maybe three, four, three, four things delivered out of my 20. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that it's right, but the customer base has shifted. And this the problem, isn't the, I think know, the variable problem there, podcast, and, and no, it isn't, but the variable problem there is that people are treating Kickstarter as a, um, as, as a cheap marketplace for, for getting access to tech or games or whatever it is that's being released. So are the publishers. Square Enix, I remember getting an email from Square Enix saying, we're doing this Final Fantasy spin-off. It's going to be on Kickstarter. Come and show you some support. Yeah. I'm like, fuck off. You guys I are got... Square Enix. So, yeah, it's oh, interesting. Yeah. And Again, not a Kickstarter podcast, but I backed the second Pebble watch that came out on Kickstarter. Because Pebble watch. Pebble. So it's a smart watch called the now, Pebble. Now, he's talking about Pepper watch, folks. It's Pepper Pig the watch. He's a Pebble. huge Pepper Pig, Pig fan. Pebble, like a small rock. I know what Sim- Pebble was. Similar to what are. I'm going to throw at your head in a minute. Um, I'm a gear man but there was, myself. <laughs> there, was, there was a big part of me that actually thought long and hard, going, hang on, you fuckers raised like millions of dollars. Yeah. You, you're still one of the most backed bloody tech Kickstarters of all time. Why the hell do you need to go back to Kickstarter for your second release? Yeah. Soda Pop Minis are the same. Yeah. They did, um, I bought their first game, <sighs> Super Dungeon Explore, or their first version of Super yeah. Dungeon Explore. And they're on their third or fourth variant now. Each time, they get so far above and beyond. And just to be clear, I know that above and beyond doesn't mean they get more money in their pocket. Yeah. They are still delivering a product to each person. Yep. So you sell $100,000 worth of copies. You, you, sure, you make a bit more profit, maybe, but it's still the same thing. You're still... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like... Oh, you know, I've I've made a video game and my goal was ten thousand dollars. I made a hundred thousand dollars. Well, shit, that's ninety grand. You know, to spend. What did the um, well, this simulation guys spend it on? Hookers and oh, hookers and coke or whatever. Yep. But th- that's exactly why I don't back things on Indiegogo because I don't like the fact that someone can do the flexible funding option, which is regardless of whether they achieve their target or not, they keep the money. Well, mm. sorry, that's you know, I'm I'm investing in seeing a product get to market because I believe it's a product that needs to get to market. See, I'm the opposite. I view it as a donation. If I believe in the product, I'll make a donation. Yeah. And I'm happy with that flexible thing because it means that only a product I believe in will, will get my money. Yep. Regardless the difference of my... in my mind is that I see that even though I'm, I'm not necessarily getting a return for it, depending on the level of, of backing that I provide, and, you know, there's various... Um, that's up to each project owner mm. to determine... Whether or not I, I back to a level that gives me access to the product or not, um, I see it as a business investment. Um, therefore, you've got to come to me with a proposal that I believe yeah. that I believe in. So it proves to I'm, me that you can achieve the goals that you're saying, and, you're and come to me with with reasonable mathematics behind it too. Mm. That you've actually thought through this instead of just saying, "Fuck it, I want a hundred thousand dollars to you know release a card game." Oh shit, I only got fifty. Thanks very much. I'll take the money. And- or on the alternate side, I've seen quite a few that are significantly under the cost they need to produce, and I'm like, 
How are you I know you're trying to do this to be realistic. That's one of the problems yeah. I have with the cost of Monsters Die, because it has 24 dice in it. Yeah, and, it's a big and, cost. Ele- yeah. and an electronic audible timer. The cost to produce the game Jesus, is really? it's about $9 US per copy, right? Yeah. Not landed. Bloody hell. Right? At the moment. I've replaced it with sound. It doesn't matter. This isn't <coughs> a podcast about that anyway. <coughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Kickstarter coming soon. <laughs> it's not. Um, no. <laughs> but one of the things that I found was knowing the cost of producing games. Some people are well under, and I'm like, you know what? I've got respect for the people that cost and do a proper breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera. As opposed to those that that either come in way too high or way too low. Because they're exactly the same thing. It's like... Um, anyway, I won't get into it. I was just thinking about budgets at work recently. And it's the same <laughs> thing. You know, the, the people that budget too high and then they spend shitloads at the end of the year. And that's just as... And then the, the management team usually reward people in their departments that, you know, budget low. And it's like, well, hang on, budget low means that mm. you're also still not delivering. There's there's a, a, a happy medium where you're budgeting what you actually need to perform the task that and, you're and, saying. And you're that's going my to point deliver. about the Kickstarter, you know, yeah. that I want to see them I want to see them come up with a proposal where they've actually done their research, whether it's market research or, or other, that says we believe we can release this product to market for this amount of money and that's what we're trying to raise here, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So. I remember back in the early days, they used to have a little breakdown of cost. Yeah. So, well, some of them had a breakdown of cost and they're going, right, this is where the money is going towards. I need this much for art and this, but da, da, da. Anyway, none of these are games that we No, play. not we at all. We talked for 10 minutes about... Uh, Holy shit. Um, five tribes and then we... Uh, what else did we play recently? We played uh, Steampunk Rally. Remember Amelia's... Oh, uh, ooh, Steampunk Rally. Where the fuck do I start with that? <laughs> um, look, Jesus, that game felt just. Uh, apologies in advance if this offends anyone. It felt schizophrenic. <laughs> it felt like it was a game that didn't know what it wanted to do. Mm. So there was drafting, there was uh, dice rolling, there was building machines slash resource management with those machines. There was racing around the board. I mean, fuck. You know, uh, just pick two and mm. go with it. Don't give me four or five game major game mechanics. I'll settle for two. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, now, see, I didn't say anything before when you mentioned. Yeah, I know you did, and I knew, I knew you were avoiding that. Yeah, because I loved it. I, I to I, me, it just felt unnecessarily complex. I think, and no offense to um, the person who explained it to us, mm. but I think that in that environment, um, we were distracted audience and she was explaining it from the middle to the outside to the middle to the start to the yeah it was jumping around a bit because it was like um i remember when i first got explained it was either dominion or flux and nell if you're listening you know i'm talking about you <laughs> and she started out and she said oh so what you're doing is you draft the cards and you blah blah blah, blah. oh look it, it'll make sense you know we'll, we'll play around and we'll explain it as we go and i got to my turn she said all right so now it's your turn I still don't know what to do. What, what's the goal of the game? What's what, why have I got five cards? It was Dominion. Yeah. Um, and I feel I felt that was a bit of the problem with Steampunk Rally. For the first part of the game, we we're trying to figure out what to do, yeah. which isn't the norm for Amelia. She's excellent at explaining video. Oh, uh, sorry, not video games, tabletop games. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've played yeah. a few games where Amelia's 
been the one that's introduced it to us and had no no issue with that. I, and I, to be honest, I don't think it was anything to do with that. It just felt like I do. I reckon it was because when she was explaining it, you and I were looking at each other, going, "All right, so we draft, but what are we drafting for?" Like, yeah, I get to maybe. the end of the drafting, like you say, "Let's do a round." Like she said, "Let's do a round of drafting, and then we'll do a demo of the race." Yep. Like, well, drafting is the act of looking at the four cards in my hand and deciding what I want to keep yep. and passing it on. If I have no idea what the value of these four pieces well, that's that the I want to keep... I, I want to keep something with a, a, a theoretically a strategy in mind or an end goal. Yeah, and, well, you uh, remember I no half, idea what those halfway cards through did. the first drafting, we realised that we had to sell our cards to get dice or the things we yeah. were building, you couldn't actually move. Yeah, I and didn't realise so that. So there's yeah. three stages to the game. First of all, you... Um, Draft cards. You draw four cards, one from each set pile, and then you draft. And then the second part of the game, you're rolling. So you build up a pool of dra- uh, dice. While, so so there when you're drafting, dice. you can either place a card into your Let's, invention, or you can sell your card and get some dice. Just roll back just a touch. So the aim of the game is that you're an inventor. I oh, am. Yeah. Picture, picture Around the World in 80 Days, the original movie. You're building your fabulous machine, and it's a race to the end. Can I pitch a cannonball run instead? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you like. But the, the whole idea is you're building a machine. You're a crazy inventor building a machine. And, and, and you get your pick from a, a number of known inventors throughout time, whether it's the Wright Brothers or Nikolai Tesla or any of those guys. Um, and so you're building your crazy machine. And in the drafting phase, you're getting cards that can either be components in your machine or can be traded for dice. Mm-hmm. Those dice, there was yellow dice representing electricity, blue representing steam, and red representing... Fire. Fire, that's right. So certain components need certain coloured dice or certain types of resources in certain quantities and or values to move you forward or fulfil their function. So when you're drafting, you're sitting there going, well, fuck, I I want that. It'll give me motion forward of two. Shit, but I still need four blue dice to make the thing function. Where am I going to get those from? So, yeah, there was a a fair bit of... um, crap, do I, do I trade this for the value of the dice that I can get from the card or do I actually use the component and hope that in the rest of this draft I'll get the dice that I need from other cards? Yeah. And then there was a the fourth card, the fourth type of set card was a... Oh, an action card. So that's pretty an action, normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play it. But then, so you get the dice and the next phase is the roll dice stage. Yep. And you roll your dice once, which always got me because when I hear the word race... I'm always going to grab it and roll again. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. So you roll and you resolve, and then you might have actions that let you re-roll, or you can spend these things called gears and yep. re-roll. And you had your inventor power that lets you do certain, certain things. special actions yeah. and yep. certain parts. And then at the end of that, every dice on your card... Stays. Stays. And you can pay to reduce the value, which seemed a very strange economy. Like the cost So that was, was the, uh, that was the maintenance phase, where you could yeah. spend cogs to release... To, to get dice off the thing. Off the cards. But the cost was so high. But as Amelia explained, the cost is high because you are allowed to trash a piece of your invention if you want. So yeah. the whole concept is you're building this thing and you're not interested in maintaining it and keeping it running. No, no. You want to build something you, that shoots yeah. you forward. Well, and you're interested in the latter part of that. You just need to keep the machine running. You don't care about maintaining all the bits you put into it. The yeah. bits serve their purpose and then and then they're discarded. And I felt that worked in real... Like that that, that bit worked, worked for me. So if you remember, by turn two or three, I've, I managed to race right ahead. I, was, I, I moved <laughs> up like 12 friggin' spots in a single turn, but I took so it. much goddamn damage that I, I shed all those pieces of my machine and finally got to the point where I took enough 
took so much damage. I didn't have any bits of my machine left to give, which then meant I exploded and went back to... Yeah. Uh, I think the explode was uh, you go to the square behind the last player on the board. Something so like I that. went all the way back to the back of the queue. But those, those components full of dice did serve a purpose there. That part of the game appealed, absolutely. Yeah. The bit that got me stuck it was the bit in the middle with... Um, well, you know, now that we're, we're talking about it, the drafting for the die, the drafting for the cards and or dice kind of worked for me. Maybe it was just the whole dice in the middle bit where, you know, you're rolling and sticking them on the cards and then they stay there and what purpose did that serve? Well, the purpose I was... I guess the idea is so it weighs you, you down, right? When you move, you take damage. Yep. So you can get special actions that increase your armour um, and if you end up at the end of the round with more damage, so a negative amount of damage, you have to discard parts of your ship. I guess mm. we sort of brushed over that. Yeah. Mind you, this isn't a how to play, so fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is just us talking about it. I think it'd be a game... It's a game I would like to play again to shore up my opinion mm. of because I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy the first two rounds where I was just... It was one of those games where I was just... I remember looking at you a number of times and going, what the how hell? now we yeah. can what? Yeah, and then you know something new would come up, and you'd go, "Oh, what does this mean on the card?" Oh, and I guess the other part that I found strange—I'm leaping all over the shop here. Another part I found strange with the drafting: we yep. played a five-player game. Yes, you draw four cards. Yep. In drafting games, I usually like to see the hand I started with at some point in time. Yeah, you there's, never there's saw remnants. It. Yeah, you never yeah. saw that again. You're just yeah. picking. You, you may as well have picked. Four cards at random. Yep. Although I guess each time you've got a choice of one or four cards to keep because each was distinctly different. Yes. Um, so yep. yeah, look, I I enjoyed it, but I think I've got to play it again to properly appreciate. Maybe maybe in a slightly like you said, maybe maybe in a, an environment where we're slightly less distracted and able to do the yeah, game I was a bit of justice. Up half the time during the game to yeah, there was things people. going on, and yeah. kids running around, and all sorts. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's games day, right? It's, it's, kids. Well, I, think the, I think the kids came up at one point, didn't they? I, I think during that game. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, the point, the point being that yeah, there were there was enough distraction there that maybe maybe that detracted from the experience. But yeah, um, yeah I didn't hate it. I'm just not convinced I enjoyed <laughs> Your it. Your face says otherwise. Yeah, I'm just not convinced I enjoyed <laughs> it. You know, to me there is a difference. You know. Yeah. All right, well, that's all we've got time for again. Bullshit, I've, really? Yeah. <laughs> we've just got some two uh, fucking yeah. games. I've got a whole bunch of stuff on my list, but yeah. Oh, my God. We'll keep them for future episodes. Oh, do you think you'd have me back? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I try to keep people on only once and then shuffle to a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot about the number of friends you've got if you keep coming back to me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as usual, send us an email at podcast.anotherdungeon.com. If you've got any questions, and go to the website, anotherdungeon.com, and there's all the links to YouTube, Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. See you next week. See ya. Bye.